And so in these cases, we teach people how to, you know, let's say they have tendonitis or uh, a, a broken arm in some way, they can put the band on as I, I did here, the upper arm, and simply open and close their hand. We have seen time and time again, and this is what really blows away orthopedic surgeons, is that they, they have a person, they put a cast on their arm or leg, the individual does katsu, when they take off the cast, not only is there no atrophy, in some cases, that arm which they were doing katsu on is actually bigger than their other arm. And so, um, you know, it, it's quite novel, it's convenient. And so that's why we've had a lot of uh, uh, acceptance by our, you know, special forces in the military or our very competitive athletes. Hey there, my friend, it's Dr. A. I want to welcome you back to another episode here on the podcast. Have you ever seen people like maybe athletes or professional wrestlers ever like put something around their arm that like cuts off the blood flow to the biceps? Well, it turns out that doing something called blood flow restriction training, where you intentionally restrict some of the blood flow in a muscle that you're working has profound benefits. And I knew this back when I was a competitive bodybuilder around 10, 15 years ago, um, I used to wrap like knee wraps around my biceps and do curls. And I knew that it produced tremendous uh, muscle gains and muscle responses and also helps healing. And that's why I'm so excited to bring you today's conversation because we actually have the founder and CEO of the main company called Katsu uh, that develops these blood flow restriction devices. And these things are powerful, certainly for muscle growth, but also for improving your cardiovascular health, for healing from injuries, and just for general longevity. So we're going to get into a specific episode right now. We're going to talk about blood flow restriction training, and specifically this Katsu company and Katsu device that makes it very convenient to do this. We're going to get into some of the science of muscle building, of, of healing, of regeneration, and how it's all tied to your cardiovascular health. And we're going to be talking to our guest expert, Steven Munyatones. And we also have an awesome discount code for our communities here at Fit Father and Fit Mother. But the discount code is FIT10. If you go to the Katsu website, that's going to be linked in the description. And after you listen to this episode, you're like, man, I want to try this. Well, the device is expensive, but there is a great discount code for our community that you can type in FIT10 when you check out. Um, and that's just a benefit to our community. So without further ado, let's get into this episode and talk about blood flow restriction training. I think you're going to learn a lot today and get a lot of benefit out of this one. Stephen, you were basically like a swimming master. And I want to read this from your bio because it's so cool. Um, you were an NCAA Division I water polo player and a swimmer. You hold a Guinness World Record. Uh, and you're also in the ice, ice Swimming Hall of Fame, USA Swimming National Team. You were a coach. And you were also commentator for the 2008 Beijing Olympics for NBC. So, wow, you've had a pretty interesting life, my friend. Uh, I want to welcome you to the show. And I'm excited to learn more about you, but also blood flow restriction training. Absolutely. My pleasure to be here. So give us a little bit, uh, uh, just a brief personal background, just because I think it's interesting to hear about your athletic endeavors, swimming, and then kind of how you found your way to Katsu. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I grew up in Southern California. Um, I was a swimmer, water polo player. Uh, I, I was really in the, in the epicenter of aquatic sports in the seventies and eighties. So 
everybody from Olympic gold medalist, uh, uh, you name it, they were training in the same pool that I was. So as a kid growing up, you don't think when, when there's an Olympic gold medalist that you see every single day, you know, it isn't a big deal. You just assume that you similarly need to aspire to that level. Yeah. Now, I wasn't as quick. I wasn't as big. I wasn't talented as, as the uh, Olympic medalist. But their mindset was very important that they shared with me. It was a, it was a self-confidence. It was even, even after they won one gold medal, it was always this, how can I get better? It was, it was never, of course, they were satisfied with their victories, but it was always, what does it take to go to the next level? And that mindset permeated in my, my youth in high school, college and beyond. So for that, I, I'm very health, uh, you know, uh, appreciative of all the mm -hmm. teammates and, and others around me that I, I saw growing up. Nice. And how did you come to know about blood flow restriction training, uh, the work of Dr. Katsu and all the stuff like that? Yeah. So in, in 2001, the world swimming championships were held actually in Japan and my old high school coach, um, calls me up out of the blue. I hadn't talked to him for 20 plus years. Um, and he said, Steve, the, the, uh, world championships are in, uh, Japan. I said, I know I always follow the sports, uh, you know, coach, you've done a great job. And he goes, but I'd like you to be part of the team. Hmm. And I, he wanted me to part of the team because he knew I could speak, read and write Japanese. And there was nobody on the, on the staff who could do that. And he, he taught me, in everything I know about swimming. So I said, sure, coach, I'd, I'd love to do that. When I went there, I saw athletes using bands around their arms and legs. And I would just, so I'd never seen anything like that. I'd never seen it at the U.S. Olympic Training Center. I, uh, my own coach, who is the uh, you know U.S. Olympic coach, and nobody had ever seen that. And it was there that I was introduced to Dr. Sato, the inventor of Katsu. And he, you know, I, I, went up to him. I spoke to him in Japanese and I, I, I said, uh, what is this katsu thing and how do you do it? He showed me and I was immediately taken by it. And I said, Dr. Tata, I'd love to learn how to do this. And he said, I, I was looking for someone like you who lives overseas, who knows, under, understands Japanese and I can <laughs> teach you. I said, great, Dr. Sato, I'm returning back home to, you know, be with the team. And, and he's, and I said, is there any book, anything that I can take with me so I can read and learn more? And he says, it's all up here <laughs> in my head. Again, this was early on. So over the next 13 years, he mentored me. Uh, I went back to Japan four to six times a year. He took me to the hospital wards. He took me to the sumo dojos. He showed me the Olympic athletes, but more importantly, he showed me how most of the users in Japan and most of the users currently of Katsu are people over the age of 50. That was his, that was a market that he really zeroed on. Although he did work with uh, professional baseball players and Olympians, et cetera. It was really those people between the ages of 50 and 70 who were in the second half of their life. And he showed me um, very methodically as, as Japanese tend to do, really how to get the best out of the equipment in order for someone to not interrupt their daily life and gain muscle tone, improve their vascular uh, elasticity, get a robust hormonal response. And it, it took 13 years. At the end of 13 years, 2014, he says, 
I think you understand uh, many things. Go ahead and uh, start introducing katsu outside of Japan. Long, cool. long story to a short That's question. Beautiful. No, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's beautiful how it all came about. I think it's powerful yeah. that you went through a really deep men- mentorship. Yeah. So now let's get into like what it is. Like what is katsu? What is blood flow restriction training? Practically speaking, what is it? Yeah. So katsu, the word itself um, means additional pressure. Probably many people know the word shiatsu, or they heard of shiatsu. Yeah. Shiatsu is a, is a type of massage. Shi means hand in Japanese. Atsu means pressure. Katsu, K-A, means additional. Atsu means pressure. So additional pressure. And, and you use these bands here. I have uh, one here. And they go ar- around either your arm or leg. And I have one on my arm here. Yeah. And it's connected, uh, depending on the model that you have, to a small um, uh, control unit. And this control unit, it has a... It has a uh, battery, a compressor, and a circuit board inside, sort of the brains of the what we have here. And it shoots in air into the band. And the band then inflates for 30 seconds, deflates for five seconds, inflates for 30 seconds, deflates for five seconds at progressively incremental amounts. Mm-hmm. So what happens is your arterial flow, so the flow from your, your torso out to your hand or out to your foot, remains unimpeded. So blood continues to go into your hands or your feet, depending on if the band is on your arms or legs. When the band inflates, what happens is the venous return or the return of blood from your hand or feet back to your torso is for 30 seconds modified. In in other words, slowed down. The vein actually is compressed slightly. What happens is blood goes in and it stays around a little longer than normal. And when that happens, you can sort of see my the effects we have here. Yeah. For those of you who can't see it, I have a band on one hand and uh, not a band on the other. And so you can see my normal skin color on the palm of your hand. But yeah. on the other hand, it's much pink. It's rosy. What's happening yeah. is the blood is being engorged into the very, very small capillaries. And that is what the equipment does. That's the only mm. thing that the equipment does. Now, after that occurs, and whether it's, you know, you can see the, the vascularity yeah. in uh, the hand with the cuts band and not the vascularity on the other hand. When that happens, the body believes that the band, I'm sorry, the limb with a band on it is exercising. It's actually metabolically speaking, it is exercising. The vascular yeah. tissue is expanding, contracting, expanding, hmm. contracting, as if I was doing a push up as if I was doing a pull-up or a burpee or what, whatever you want to do. So sitting here talking to you or sitting in my office, pounding out emails, reading a book, watching Netflix, whatever it is, I can have the bands on, on my arms or legs, and that is replicating the physiology of exercise. And that in a word is what the word is, what the equipment is, and, and what it does. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. And I'll harken back to my experience as a, as a bodybuilder, when I was trying to maximize hypertrophy, I was always the understanding that there's a couple ways to do it. One is through mechanical stress and tension, like lifting very heavy weights, heavy motor unit recruitment, tearing down muscles and getting that rebuilding response. But there's also metabolic stress, which is, I think kind of what the, the blood flow restriction in Katsu does is it's stretching the capillaries and creating the metabolic environment 
slightly hypoxic as if you were doing intensive exercise. And that too, in its own right, stimulates hypertrophy. And I found it fascinating that people could do the katsu with like five or 10 pound dumbbells and like produce muscle gains without creating a lot of joint damage or stress. Can we speak into that for the performance side of it a little bit? Oh, absolutely. So that that actually is how our Olympians or professional athletes in the various uh, uh, professional leagues use katsu. Typically, they'll get injured. It could be something something as simple as a, a broken finger, a cracked rib. It could be a, a pectoral muscle pull. It could be a, a tendon rupture, whatever it is. As their body is recovering from those injuries, as a professional athlete or as a NCAA Division One athlete or Olympian, they're, they tend they they're asked not to lift weights, not to do their normal training um, exercises. So in those cases, because you've got a tear, a rupture, a break, whatever you have, you can still go through the motion of the actual exercise. So let's say I, I uh, injured my my rib cage or my shoulder in some way, I could still do the equivalent of a bench press. Yeah. I simply, I, I don't even need the bar. I could just put my hands and go through the motion. Yeah. And that is creating the metabolic stress that you were talking about earlier that enables me not to atrophy. Yeah. So typically, if you've got a break, a rupture, a tear, you're going to atrophy to a certain extent because you have a cast on or you're, the physician has said you, know, you keep the, the limb immobilized. And so especially uh, if you're a professional athlete, but even if you're a working mom or dad, you don't want to atrophy. And so in these cases, we teach people how to, you know, let's say they have tendonitis or uh, a, a broken arm in some way, they can put the band on as I, I did here, the upper arm, and simply open and close their hand. We have mm-hmm. seen time and time again, and this is what really blows away orthopedic surgeons, is that they, they have a person, they put a cast on their arm or leg, the individual does katsu, when they take off the cast, not only is there no atrophy, in some cases, that arm, which they were doing cuts on, is actually bigger than their other arm. And so, um, you know, it, it's quite novel, it's convenient. And so that's why we've had a lot of uh, uh, acceptance by our, you know, special forces in the military or our very competitive athletes. And what I love about it too is, it, it can be done daily. It's not taxing the nervous system in a very big way right. like it would be if you did squats or deadlifts for many sets. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and it can be paired. So I think for someone who's really looking for physical optimization, let's say there's a guy listening to this who's like, would like to have some bigger arms and you're still doing your normal strength training, you could easily add in katsu or blood flow restriction on several other days and it can it can go along. It's not going to make you super sore, but you're getting a training effect. So it seems like a good application of that. Absolutely. And we see it time and time again, especially in, you know, the athletic field where it could be a high school boy or girl who wants to make their varsity team or a college uh, athlete who's going to go to the NFL combine or simply an adult who wants to do a triathlon or a mud run or whatever. And they, they have a short time window in order to perform and that in that short time period, typically, let's say if you're weightlifting, you wouldn't lift hard every single day. Right. But with katsu, you can exercise 
intensely because when you're lifting heavy weights is, you know, you're, you're creating micro trauma, you're, yep. you know, tearing those muscle fibers with katsu. <laughs> and if you're doing the air, uh, mm-hmm. air bench press or the air, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, bicep curls, you're not tearing anything. So you can do that daily. You could do it twice daily. And yeah. that's how these people with a short performance, t- uh, short <laughs> training uh, time window can perform better than they expect. That's really cool. And I want to ask you, the way I always use katsu, and you'd probably be mad at me for how it was, but it wasn't actually katsu. I was taking like squat wraps back in the day and just literally wrapping my arm as much as I could. And it's not great because like your device opens and closes and enables you to go a lot longer. And mine was just an unscientific compression, but it definitely created like good effect. You can target... You get a you get a systemic effect, right? So I mean, like, what? So I have a broken rib, but I can. Where do I put my katsu bands on my arms, on my legs? Like, you know, and how does that translate? And how do you really do it with the trunk as opposed to the extremities? Everyone can imagine you can wrap a leg or an arm, but like, what do you do if you have something in the core? How does it apply? So in the core, very interesting. You can actually put. We recommend you put uh, the bands on your upper legs, but you can do it on your arms. But the upper legs, we recommend because the uh, muscularity. The, the muscle mass and the vascularity on your legs is more than your arms. And so you, you get more bang for the buck for every minute of usage. So in that case, building your core, which we have in numerous um, athletic uh, endeavors, wrestling, boxing, yeah. water polo, uh, even track and field, bobsledding, you name it, the core is, is very central, no pun intended, to the athletic performance. So in these cases, we put the bands on their upper legs. Mm-hmm. You can do three very simple exercises, even while the athlete is resting or you're in your cubicle or at your home. And that is one, put the band on your leg, sit up straight, very, very straight. Engage the core, keep your shoulders back with a straight spine. Yep. Hold that position as the bands are inflating and deflating for as long as you can. Yep. A lot of people, when they first try it, are pretty amazed how, how taxing that is. So that's yeah. one very easy thing anybody could do at their home or work. The second thing is actually put a book on your head. Simply walk back and forth in your living room, in your office, whatever. Again, shoulders back, um, uh, straight spine, and try to keep that book on your head. And again, you're walking with great posture. You don't have to run. You don't have to walk fast. You just walk with good posture. Again, that's engaging your core. And the third uh, exercise that a lot of people do like, especially the older people, especially older men, I would say over the age of 60, who are a little bit uh, iffy on their balance. And that is, Put the bands on your legs and try to balance on one foot. Many of the men, older men especially, they're, you have to be careful. So you hold on to a chair or table or the wall. But over time, their leg, you know, one leg that you're balanced on gets very strong. But you're also engaging the core just by yeah. trying to balance. Yeah. Women just are up. Just anecdotal observations are better at balance. In their cases, we have them balance on one foot and then grab two water bottles and move them asymmetrically. Um, And it's amazing to me when I see uh, people who dance well, whether it's a professional dancer or someone who just enjoys dancing, their 
they love that exercise because as they dance, whatever their movement, whatever their rhythm is, their core is always engaged. They know when they're dancing, yes, they're moving their feet. Yeah. Yes, they're moving their hands. But really, and, and one time I showed a, a bunch of hula dancers, they put the bands on and they said, we're never taking this off because <laughs> the control that they had as they're moving, they really, really felt their hips and their core. So, but that also works for people who simply want a, a tighter stomach, maybe a, yeah. a, a smaller waist uh, size. So those are three very simple exercises. And I'm also hearing as people are listening to this, especially people still have their parents that are alive and aging parents. I mean, this is really accessible exercise, even if your parents, you're just like trying to make sure they can get up and balance and stand upright and, you know, do that kind of stuff. I mean, throwing these bands on would probably make those chair squats or whatever physical therapy, occupational therapy, a hundred times more effective than maybe in thousands of magnitude more effective if they didn't have that. So that's cool. How often do you use Katsu personally? Like, what is your routine? Are you putting this on every single day? And as a second to that, walk us through what an average session looks like using your actual Katsu bands. Yeah. So myself and, and what we call our veteran uh, users, our power users, if you are, we're typically using it twice a day. One, one session of the day is uh, a little more vigorous than the second session of the day. I'm a early riser. So for me, my more vigorous session of katsu is in the morning. In the evening or the afternoon where I am uh, speaking now, I'm simply sitting and letting the bands inflate and deflate. So one, one session is it can be more vigorous. The second session, which I prefer, is a, a relaxing session. I'm not doing anything physical. I'm just allowing, you know, my, again, my hands... Yeah to get engorged in blood or my legs as I'm sitting down, reading, researching, uh, talking, uh, or in this case, podcasting with you. Yeah. And so um, uh, that session can range anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. The hour session would be six sets, what we call a set on the arms, and then six sets on the legs, mm -hmm. roughly a half an hour each. Uh, for me, I really enjoy that while I'm sitting down pounding out uh, emails or, or what have you, because I'm really killing two birds with one stone. Right. I mean, it's, you know, I'm here speaking with you. And although I just, I have it all on my uh, right arm just for demonstration purposes, I'm actually getting a very good pump on yeah. my right arm. And yeah. so it is, it's, we call that double stacking. My main objective in this, in this hour is to speak with you and converse about katsu. But secondarily, I'm actually getting a good workout. So That's cool. typically um, our power users do it twice a day. Again, one, when I say vigorous, it could be a, a walk around the neighborhood. It could be washing um, you know, dishes. It could be something very simple. But it also could be, you know, some kind of resistance exercise. It could be, um, you know, walking up and down uh, stadium steps or doing burpees, whatever, whatever you prefer. Some people are, you know, are division one athletes. They actually use it in the, in the, in the exercise that they do. So baseball players will actually be batting, taking batting practice with the bands on yeah. pitchers would be, would be you know, throwing, uh, the ball with the bands on basketball players will be shooting free throws and, and practicing their three point shot. So depending on what level you are, you can do one or the other, but those athletes still their second session of the day would be a 
focus on, you know, calming themselves down, utilizing katsu while they're relaxed and sitting to activate their parasympathetic nervous system. So mm-hmm. typically, you know, our, our most veteran users use it twice a day for you know, 15 to 60 minutes a, a session. That seems like a lot, but when you, you incorporate this double stacking yeah. um, concept, you're not really taking time out of your day to do katsu. You are incorporating katsu into your day. Hey, it's Dr. Ray. I want to quickly pause this episode to thank you so much for listening to this Fit Mother Project podcast. I am just blown away at how amazing this podcast has become, all the powerful stories, all the great expert interviews, and I am so grateful for you for tuning in and being here with everything we're creating here at the Fit Mother Project. And I just wanted to pause to acknowledge you and thank you again for listening. Please keep listening and tuning in to all the great stuff we're doing here at the FMP. Let's get back to today's episode. So let's say someone continued doing their classic fit father, fit mother workouts, which would be like some strength training and cardio all in one. They could literally just add in katsu just for a sitting at night or during work or something secondary as a secondary workout for the cardiovascular system that also enhances recovery and helps the nervous system. Correct. Is that and correct? Yeah, abs- that's absolutely correct. And they could actually incorporate katsu in the workout. Yeah. Now they would put low, they would put the pressure low because obviously mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're uh, doing something very vigorous or intense. So, you know, you'd want a low pressure, but gradually over time, just like we see our, our soldiers or our athletes, you know, everybody starts out of a low pressure and then you gradually build up. And, you know, when you were using the different bands, as Dr. Sato, the inventor did back in the 60s, mm-hmm. I mean, before he came up with it, he, we had no idea how tight to put on the bands, yeah. uh, where to put on the bands, et cetera. So you went through the same uh, type mm-hmm. of self-experimentation as the inventor did. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is everybody goes to that self-experimentation. We have very, very elite athletes, people who have been in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Or NFL for for years, sometimes a few uh, a decade or more. They use a very low pressure, and sometimes we have a high school kid or someone who's overweight, and they have a very high pressure. It yeah. actually conscious actually a measure of your vascularity of your elasticity of your vascular tissue, as opposed to pure muscle or pure strength. They mm-hmm. they go hand in hand, but really when you put the bands on. I can never guess how high a pressure someone is doing just by visually looking at them. I'll have some studs that can't handle high pressure and I'll have some people who they don't look like they have worked out since high school and Mm -hmm. they're at a high pressure. So, um, and that's what I mean by self-experimentation. Put the bands on and you try, start at low, go to medium, go to high and they're somewhere in between is optimal for you. Nice. Let's tie this into cardiovascular health and fitness because I think you've made the point, but let's make it a little more directly. And I just some physiology, like as we get older, when aging happens in a way that we don't desire, we typically get stiff. You know, we lose hydration, the tissues become calcified, our arteries, which normally have that smooth muscle, which can expand, get stiff. And sometimes we have plaque inside. And what you're basically saying is someone who can handle higher pressure 
on the Katsu application has a vascular system that has the ability to, to move, to expand more because we can accommodate that increased pressure with some vascular expansion, which again, engorges the capillaries, those end, those end really important small vessels, but also like you just want to have a cardiovascular system that's flexible and not stiff and rigid. And this is a way to train that. I mean, of course, ex- lifting weights, running does too, but can we get into like just the heart health benefits? Are there benefits of nitric oxide that come in secondary to this and, and other things like that, like heart health on this yes. outside of fitness? Yeah. So uh, when I was being mentored by Dr. Sato, we had a 10 year, very intense research project before we even launched outside of Japan. And that was with a team of cardiologists because Katsu really is, if you look at our, our key patent, a way to strengthen the vascular tissue. And you know, most people think you know, they, they see the veins of their arms or, or their legs and they think that's where all the blood is. Most of the blood in the human body is in the very, very small capillaries. Uh, those are the, the, you know, the little tiny branches of our vascular system. And so, and that's what causes when you do katsu, your, your hands or your legs to get a, a pink or a red color. The pinker, the redder it is, the more elastic you are. And so mm-hmm. if you think about it, you've got a heart that's about the size of your fist. And when that's pumping out blood, just like the piping in your home, where your air conditioning or your heating, you want those ducts, the pipes yeah. to be as either as big as possible or as flexible as possible. Yeah. Now, as we age, yes, we have calcification, plaque, and you name it, but you can offset that by having this increased elasticity. So when the heart does eject the blood, it is actually flowing through the, the body very, very efficiently. And we do that all the time with athletes and soldiers. So whether it's a boxer or whether it's a Navy SEAL, et cetera, we say, you don't have to go for a run. You can if you want, and all of them do. But in the cases where, let's say you're in the off season or preseason or in the middle of the season, and for whatever reason, you just, maybe they're not going to go for that two mile run. That's okay. You can go for a one mile katsu walk where that hmm. vascular tissue is being exercised hmm. just as much as a run. And for especially for our older people, older users, many of them have joint issues, you know, their hip, their uh, knee and their ankle, you know, that pounding that they used to do in their twenties and thirties, it's, you know, it's not what they want to do now. They still want to get out and enjoy the fresh air. They want to enjoy that cardiovascular experience that they have. So in these cases, put on the cuts bands, cuts bands, allow the pressurization to enable the vascular tissue to expand and contract as mm-hmm. if they were running. And so, yeah. you know, when you have 70 year olds, you know, they're generally they're, they don't have some Nike shoes to, to go run. They have some, you know, uh, sneakers, put the counts bands on and you can see them walk. And what we really enjoy hearing and seeing are people who say, you know, Steve, before I started Katsu, I, I couldn't walk up three flights of stairs without getting out of breath. Hmm. Maybe they were muscular, but three flights of stairs, they started to feel their heart beat hard and they started to breathe heavy. Now I go up three flights of stairs and my heart rate hasn't increased that much. Why is that? Why? Your heart is getting slightly stronger, but it's the pipes. 
Yeah. It's a vascular system that is becoming much more elastic, much more efficient at carrying your blood and, and all the nutrients that we have in our body. So that is a, a real core part of katsu. Really well said. And I think I want people to really understand this is like as the main pipes, like the aorta that comes off the heart and then it branches into these major arteries and eventually gets down into these capillaries so tiny that like a blood cells barely getting through that, that, that end oxygen exchange that happens when a red blood cell is dropping off oxygen in a small capillary is ultimately the whole name of the game. Like it's cool that it goes through the big, the big vessels, but we got to get to that small exchange. And if you can get more efficient oxygen exchange at the end, you're getting oxygen to the metabolically active tissues to support the mitochondria and producing ATP. And consequently, if that's not happening well in the capillaries, the heart has to try to pump and compensate and work harder. Heart rate has to increase. It's going to get feedback on that, right? I mean, sometimes we even increase blood pressure to try to drive more into the capillaries. But if, imagine if we had better end range you know, exchange of the oxygen, everything works better. Brain health, right? Same thing's yes. happening in the brain. So that's so cool. I, I, I hope people are really understanding like what this could look like. And I want to know too, I'm, I'm thinking now as a dad too, you know, my daughter's young, it's not time to load her spine with exercise, but I imagine it could be done with young kids too, you know, to go on a walk or run or to play and do a little katsu. Has there been any research or studies on using this in, in like young people, like below the age of 10 or something like this? We've done katsu as young as uh, four-year-olds. Yeah. It's generally, though, limited to if they break something, yeah. break a bone, break, because their bodies are developing so quickly anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they don't really need this robust hormonal response, especially, <laughs> sure. especially high school boys, for example. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're just, and, and girls, they're this hormonal machine. Now, that being said... When they do get injured, and we see this a lot with high school girls who have ACL tears, yeah, we see it a lot with boys who skateboard or, you know, are on do crazy things as high school boys do, and they break yeah. things. You know, they they break a thing, they have a cast. So the first day is sort of cool, and then after that, it's like, oh man, when do I get this cast off? Right. So for those younger uh, people, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. It's, it's generally used for injury rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. Once they get to high school and they are, you know, focused on a particular uh, athletic uh, sport or, or it could be dance, it could be cheerleading, what have you. We even have musicians. We have pianists, we yeah. have guitar players, we have bass players. We have a number of people who, when, I, when we talk about athletic performance, it doesn't only mean on the baseball field or the football right. field. It, it means it spans human activity. And so for those people, generally when they get to high school and they are serious about their uh, sport or their uh, performance, that's when they start using katsu in the three main areas. One, rehabilitation. Two, recovery. So recovery from a hard workout or a competition. And three, with their particular activity. Is it, is it you know, moving your fingers uh, more fluidly on a piano or, you know, mm-hmm. on a guitar, or is it throwing a football or is it uh, throwing a baseball? So uh, usually in, in high school, we start to see a lot of athletes, uh, you know, serious minded athletes, those athletes who want to compete in college or possibly get a college scholarship in college. It's unbelievable what the kids do. As you can imagine, in college, you start dating, you start, you know, well, not in high school too, but, you know, you start looking around, you start being very conscious of your, your physical appearance. So we have lots of uh, 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 guys and girls who, you know, 
they want to get pumped up right before the Friday night uh, date or what have you. And so I, it, it's amazing to me how people have, have started to use katsu in ways that really surprise me. And, and they're all using this concept of increasing the vascular tissue leads to a tony of the, the muscle and this robust uh, hormonal response. Some of that is is beta endorphin, some of it is adrenaline, some of it is testosterone, and things to perk you up. And then, you know, you go over to the the parents of these tweens and parents of these college students, they're making, uh, uh, you know, corporate presentations. They're getting ready for a YouTube talk. They're getting ready for, you know, some graduation uh, speech. Yep. They're back in the ready room doing katsu, preparing themselves, uh, metabolically speaking, for yeah. a performance. So if you were to do that before a talk, let's say you are going to give a, a big speech, what exactly would you do? Would you put it on your legs and try to do a 30-minute session? Like what, what exactly would you do in that instance? Yeah, very interesting. So in, in our research, we found out that when I have this on, I take mm-hmm. the bands off, mm-hmm. we get the peak hormonal response about 12 minutes after I take off the bands. Okay. So we always recommend, and this we do this at the Olympics, We've done this at the NBA dunk, dunk contest. We have, where we teach the athletes, use the pants in this cycle mode, pressure on, pressure off. Some people are, you know, in front of a mirror practicing their speech. Some people are just, you know, meditating and, and calming down. If you're a basketball player, you're probably doing some stretching and other things. Do that pressure on, pressure off, pressure on for at least 15, excuse me, 15 minutes. Then take off the bands, ideally 12 minutes before the gun goes off or, you know, the, the bell goes on to start whatever you're going to do. So that's typically 15 to 30 minutes, uh, uh, the cut cycle mode, we call it. Take them off approximately 12 to 15 minutes before you go on stage or before you get on the field. And you are metabolically, hormonally optimized for the best performance of your life. Nice. That's super cool. So would a, so the guy in the NBA dunk contest, would they have it on their arms or their legs or both? Can you do both? Uh, it, the, yes, you, you don't do both together. Mm-hmm. Generally, if you're a leg-dominated athlete and your performance, let's say a triple jumper, a high jumper, or you know someone going to the dunk contest, you would use it on your legs. Yep. But, you know, we also have guys that are in the three-point contest or, a, yeah. uh, what is it, the pass, kick, uh, yeah. uh, the, the football uh, uh, drills. Uh, we have swimmers, we have wrestlers, we have uh, track and field athletes. So, you know, if you're a discus thrower, for example, you're first doing it in the arms and then the legs because you're using all four limbs very, um, you know, in, in a very um, uh, perfected technique. So yep. the, a golfer would do the same. We have many golfers who do the arms, then do the legs. They stretch. They go out on the on the uh, uh, on the links and they do their thing. Nice. All right, run me through a scenario of someone's fifty five years old has knee pain. Uh, knees. They feel like their knees have just gotten worse and worse over time. They have struggled to do squats and certain exercises because it kind of it's hard to load. It can hurt. Right. Why would how would we use this technology in that instance? So. In those, I would recommend them starting out, I would say the first two or three weeks doing one katsu session a day, literally that's seven days a week. It, you know, if you skip a day here and there, that's okay. Frequency and regularity is absolutely key. Just like mm-hmm. our sleep, just like our circadian rhythm, you want that normal, regular pattern 
And once you incorporate it into your lifestyle, that's not a problem. Start off with your arms, 30, 20 to 30 minutes. And then on your legs, I would go maybe 30 to 40 minutes on the legs. Mm -hmm. Anything that hurts, any movement that hurts, avoid. You can sit and simply extend your legs out. If that doesn't yeah. hurt, then as you extend your legs out, contract your glutes, contract your quads, contract your hamstrings, uh, and do, do movements that don't hurt. Um, if walking is okay, walk. If walking, it's painful to walk, then don't do, don't do katsu in, in movements that cause pain. That's a signal from your body saying, hey, why don't you lay off this for a second or for, for a period of time. So first arms, then legs. On the legs, you do whatever physical therapy, whatever movements make sense for you that don't involve pain. Mm-hmm. After two or three weeks, you can up that to two sessions a day. And in that process, you'll find that the pressure that you can apply on the bands becomes greater and greater and greater. You will start seeing and feeling a, a, a initially a pumped up feeling, uh, then an increase um, uh, either flexibility or mobility. If if it's uh, you know, um, and and then depending on how they're feeling, they can always call the katsu experts that that you know we have in the company, and and they can walk you through. Okay, that's stage one of your. Uh, rehab or recovery. Okay, let's let's move it up to stage two. Some of that might involve uh, aqua therapy. If you can, if you can find a pool that's three feet deep, that you know you're not swimming, you're just walking with the bands on. These are neoprene, so they are waterproof. Yeah. And this is what a lot of soldiers and a lot of um, major league and and uh, uh, NFL football players do. They have their aqua pools. They have a lot of lower body injuries they yep. they don't want to add any more load and being buoyant in water is a great way combined with katsu to maintain that strength and, and stamina so there are many different um ways that that person can do and then after three weeks you, you you start incorporating that into your your daily lifestyle and you're you're off and running sounds really cool and it, to kind of recap on what you personally do you do it in the morning as part of your morning exercise and then you have the stationary evening session where you're basically double stacking on something. Correct. And that's what you do. Nice. Yes. Okay. And so now let's talk about the device itself in, in kind of the end of this conversation. Like there's going to be links in the show notes where people can go to your site and where to purchase that if they're very mm-hmm. interested. Like how much generally speaking are these devices? What does it come when people buy them? And like, let's get into some of the logistics of, of that. If someone yeah. wants to actually start trying this and buying one for their yeah. family. So there are, uh, I have the two armbands here. Um, I'm, I'm showing them. And then they come with two armbands, two leg bands, and a control unit. And then they come with any a variety of, of teaching materials. Um, a user manual, you can call us up, you can email us, and you can, you can ask us, you know, I, I want to do ABC, and we give you the protocols or the applications that you can do. We have plenty of videos that we also send out for people who want something very specific. So that unit we call the C3. C stands yep. for uh, cycle. It's a third generation. And then we we just came out with a Bluetooth model. This is when there are no tubes. So the first unit had tubes. Sometimes these tubes get in the way, um, especially if you've had a stroke 
um, if you're you're feeble um, or you want to do something complex, uh, maybe you're a CrossFit athlete or or, or you're a golfer, um, uh, the the tubes uh, can get in the way. In that case, we developed um, uh, what we call the B2 model. B stands for Bluetooth, and this is the, the same thing, except now it is controlled. The the control unit is actually on the band itself, and then you use your your phone to actually tell the band what to do and and that's becoming a, a popular model the reason why is then that data from your device is in your phone and that can be shared by your coach by your classmates teammates uh, uh, physical therapist physician etc so the first one is a thousand dollars and the second one is two thousand dollars so the, the connected one with tubes is $1,000. The uh, B2, that's all Bluetooth, it's got a variety of functions there that you know, are very, very detailed, and that is twice as expensive at $2,000. And I mean, I personally, as someone who's, who's used blood flow restriction training for years, like know the value um, of it, and, and I do incorporate it. And I actually have one of your more original models of the tubed one yeah. before, you know, and... It's for someone who hears this and is like, man, that seems expensive. Like recap again, how you, how you respond to that in terms of just some of the benefits, and I guess it's going to be a nice way to kind of summarize the power of this and, and why for you, you would stand and say a thousand bucks. Like this is a no brainer for what this could do for you. Like, give me your take on someone who's thinking like, well, man, like I was interested, but like, that's pretty expensive. Do I actually want to do this? Is it going to work? So please, please respond to that. Yeah. So if, if you're using it twice a day, so that's approximately 700 sessions a year. Mm-hmm. That's basically a dollar 30 each session. <laughs> the dollar 30 investment in yourself, in your vascularity and muscularity will really be absolutely valuable, especially in the second half of your life. For a professional athlete, for someone who's an NCAA athlete, it's a no-brainer. Absolutely no-brainer. Their, their performance, they, they will invest in themselves in order to perform at a higher level. For those of us in our 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, we're looking at a limited time here on earth. How can we spend this time, this remaining time we have, pain-free and as strong and as as physically capable as as possible? If you think about what Katsu does and how it does it, while you're sitting at your computer, while you're writing a book, you're not interrupting anything. You're, you don't have to yeah. get out of your house, drive to the local uh, gym, work out, and then come back home. You could do it right in the comfort of your home. And that is a lot of value to people who actually see, well, yeah, it's a thousand dollars. Jeez, you know, that's a, that's a lot of food on, on the family table. But if you think about the long-term impact of your vascularity and your muscularity, Obviously, for our, our our user base, they they find it's a it's a very um, good investment, great investment, and and that's how we've grown. We we grow because people use our product. They talk to their neighbors, their their friends, their coworkers, and then we literally it's an organic growth. Cool. Well, this was an awesome conversation. Like, I'm inspired. I'm going to tell you just in full confidence. 
I have your Kasu products and I have not been using them daily. And I'm just thinking like, why haven't I been using them daily? And so I will start to use, you know, the bands daily. And I'm, I'm grateful for knowing that it doesn't just have to be in a workout application. Like I traditionally thought, like get the dumbbell and do the yeah, yeah. blood flow curls. Now it's just every day, use it, go on my morning walk with the Absolutely. Kasu on. And that sounds like a really cool way to do it. Yes. Yeah. So, so thank you thank so much, you. Stephen. And, uh, yeah. and, and again, we're going to have links, uh, in the show notes to where people can, uh, can check out the Katsu site and pick up the bands and start playing around with this. And, uh, I'm grateful to learn from you. And I just want to say you've lived a very interesting and powerful life. And this is a definitely a form of exercise insofar as all the internets like this workout, that workout. I mean, those are variations on traditional training. Like this is something that's so unique and obviously taps into the body in a very deep way in the, the cardiovascular system, the hormonal response. So this is really cool that you're doing this work. I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our Complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our Complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast. 